And as LeBron James said in his um, retort, Uguti, I lived in those communities. I experienced racism and disadvantage and lack. And one thing that he made clear that I, I think kudos to Brown for is that he said, I will not stop. Like, regardless of what Zlatan says, what anyone says, whichever point or place or point of power that you're from, I won't stop doing good for my community because I know what it is like to be at the bottom. Now that I'm at the top, I I mean, one thing that's, that, that, that LeBron did that was quite good, he said, I know the position that I have. I know the influence that I have and I will use it for good. I know that my voice matters. And I think instead of Zlatan saying people should shut up and not go into politics, I think you should join the fight. I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Upfront podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. What up, Chuck? So, Bobby Schmurd is out of jail. Bobby Schmurd is out of jail. And Justin Bieber's 27. How much time has passed? I feel like I blinked and the, these things happened. About a week ago, it's been a week since we lost on these mics so a lot has happened in that week been a lot more than a week since bobby was in the pen and he's out thanks to donald trump crazy things yeah anyway uh what's up listeners this is chuck on this other mic yeah welcome to tour front and this week we are looking at the events that are happening over in china that league looks to be going belly up or at least the financial investments as well as the comments made by Zlatan and the response from LeBron. But first... First, uh, we look at Man United and their supposedly weak record against the top six. Or supposedly. The six. Supposedly, Jay. And I say that for a reason, because we're going to discuss this. I, I So if you look at um, the table between the big six, that would include Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal... Am I forgetting someone? Tottenham. There we go. So, Jay, Man United sit at the very bottom of that league. Seven games played. Um, they've drawn most of all of those games. And they've only scored just the one goal. Considered seven. The question is, they sit now, um, is it 12 points behind? Yeah. 12 points behind City. Do you think if they've won, they'd won any of those games, they'd be in with the, with the shot? Because I think you and I agree with the title race is gone. It's done and dusted. If Man United are first or second on that big six mini league, do you think that puts them within a shout? Or do you think the league is gone either way? I think the league would be gone either way. Um, actually, before I dive into that, yeah, let me ask you this. What do you think about this? Paul Merson said that Arsenal are a big six club, but they're not currently a big six team. Would you agree with that? Uh, and there's been talk Uti Leicester has displaced Arsenal as a big six team. I don't, I don't. I don't think that's. I think that's where it is going. I don't think it's there right now. I mean, if Leicester show up in the Champions League a couple of times, then we can include them. But for now, they've done well, but it, it hasn't happened yet. 
Okay, I have fears of dropping out of the big six. Anyway, <laughs> so with Manchester United, do I think they would? They'd be closer, obviously. I mean, there would yeah. be points that they would have converted um, from. Particularly, a lot of the games have ended in draws, um, and if those are converted into wins, obviously that's two more points. And particularly if they do win their one game against Manchester City. That is two points gained and another point taken away from City. So by virtue of that, they'd be closer mathematically. Do I think they would be right in with the shout to win the league? Actually, yes. And the reason I think that is because if you think about it, if Manchester United are winning against the big six teams, that means they are that good. Part of the reason I I, I think there's a couple of reasons the first reason I think they haven't done well in those games is because they go into those games with an attitude that they do not want to lose. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that is communicated from the manager. And I think this is something that is bought uh, into by the players. And the reason for that is because Manchester United, as much as they sit second on the log uh, this particular season, having finished third last season, they are in a period where there's been a lot of criticism around Manchester United for the past couple of years. And they're not the Manchester United of old, the Manchester United of Sir Alex. And one of, one of, one of the main things is the fact that they haven't really looked good in moments where you had come to expect Manchester United to step up, to be big in big moments. Mm -hmm. So where there is, and there, there, there is, a, 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 a an incapability if that's even a word where they're incapable of getting to a point where they can walk onto field with the big teams and beat them I think the thing that they are looking to do to begin to remedy uh, that, 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 that notion and that idea that the perception that people have of them is to not lose because yeah. I mean, yeah, you do want to win, but you get a heck of a heck of a lot more criticism if you lose. So I think from the manager who has had a lot of criticism from the media and from fans alike, um, Manchester United fans and rival fans as well, there is the, there is the mindset that okay, guys, let's try not to walk away from this match having lost. And I think as well, particularly after their first experience in one of these clashes against Tottenham, where they shipped six. It's like, okay, we are going there. We're going to be tight. We are going to take what they give us. We're not necessarily going to go out there and try take the game away from the opposition. And then they are just not good enough to win those games on a consistent basis. That's the other reason. So, Jay, we sit last on that table, né? in terms of the us head-to-head against the big six. But we're second in the real table. Liverpool are second on that table. What good has it done them? And I speak this on the basis of the fact that last season, we ourselves were second on that table. We did the double over over, over uh, Chelsea. We beat City once. We drew with Liverpool. I think we drew and won against Tottenham. I think we drew and lost against Arsenal. Uh, who am I forgetting? I think we beat City once, if I'm mistaken. We did fairly well. And that was, those were the games that, sh- that saved Ole Gunnar's job that we keep uh, uh, going back to, that he was on the brink and then he got the win against uh, City. He was on the brink and then he got a win against Chelsea. And it got us nothing, nothing at all. So for me, I mean, when I keep looking back at that stat that I was just alluding to earlier on before we started recording, Uti, if we beat West Brom, two points dropped, 
If we beat Everton, West Brom are languishing at the bottom of the table. If we beat Everton, last minute equaliser. If we beat Sheffield, the last place team on the log, we are in with the shout on the games that we must and can win. But because of that and that alone, we're not we're nowhere close. So for me, the fact that he cancelled out, if I could say the other big six, that was a Mourinho tactic. That's how Mourinho won a lot of his leagues. So, okay, if it's a big opposition. Let's make sure to, we, if we're playing away specifically, let's make sure that we get a point. They don't get a point off us as well. And then we can win other games. The fact that we're not winning the other games, for me, that's our issue. The fact that I, I don't mind because another day, Jay, we put Bruno Fernandes in our FPL team because he gets returns. The fact that he doesn't do it against Chelsea and against Liverpool, it's fine. But the fact that when he's supposed to turn up and the Rashfords and whoever are supposed to turn up against Sheffield and they don't, that's the issue. That's the issue right there because everyone, City started slowly. Liverpool have been having injury problems and whatever else is happening at their club. Tottenham hit a slump. Um, Leicester are not quite looking uh, the, the way they're supposed to be in terms of what they're trying to build. We are here trying, Jay, and we're not trying hard enough. So for me, I don't think the tail matters that much because everyone sets a president to go to City, Liverpool are the teams to catch. And... I don't think we've caught up to that standard, regardless of what we of, of the signings we've made and where we're on the table. We haven't made that um, particular gap smaller, so I don't think the table matters. So, on the flip side of that, Manchester City have have done the double over Arsenal this particular season. Mm-hmm. They've drawn against Manchester United. They lost one game against Tottenham, and since they've found their groove again, they thrashed Tottenham, they thrashed Liverpool, they thrashed Chelsea. Yeah. Right. And that league that you're talking about, I presume, having not seen it, they sit on top of that mini-league yes, of sir. the big six teams. And they sit on top of the real league as well. And mm-hmm. they've got a healthy lead over Manchester United and all those other teams. Mm-hmm. So when you compare what they've done and what that has translated to in terms of the, the real league position as well, would you say there is much that is made of these clashes against these teams um is it too much that is made from them are they are they are they are they weighted as we think about them in terms of what happens between these two teams in those particular matches uh, determines what happens um in the league because from what i'm hearing from you is that in terms of manchester united it hasn't borne any kind of reflection in terms of how close they are to their real ambitions right in either case, last year, last season, they were doing well in that mini league and were what twenty, almost thirty points. 30, yeah, actually over thirty points behind Liverpool in terms of finishing top. And in this season, they're bottom of that mini league, but they're actually closer to the team that is leading the log. So, it's it's two different cases for Manchester United, and Manchester City. When you put them together, would you say much more than is needed? is made of these clashes between these two teams. Completely and totally agree with that statement. It's, it's, it's just it's too much. It's bigger than what it is. It's bigger than what it is. It's exaggerated. It's Because, Jay, when you, whenever anyone analyzes a fixture list, when, you, when you've when you got back-to-back games, or rather, let's say you look at the, your next five games, and you see a Chelsea there, you see a Tottenham there, people are expecting you to drop points. When you don't drop points, we're like, ah, these people are on a good run. But... We're expecting you to drop points. So if you do drop points, and if you don't drop a lot of points by drawing the fixture where both both teams didn't come out with anything, basically, you've done relatively well, I'd say. And the reason why I say that, Jay, is that 
you win, you, it's, yes, it's a potential 30 points, but no one ever bags the whole 30 points. There's, there's lots more points to be made outside of, the, of those particular fixtures. So for me, with the fact that there is an expectation of to, to drop points, everyone's going to drop points. The, the, only people, the only people who don't drop points are the ones who are at the very top of that league. And if you look at the points difference, when you look at City and when United are, it's a big points gap. And that's why City are far ahead in the league. So that gives a real reflection when you look at that particular league. But in general, it doesn't say much. You know what? Um, I do think there's a perception that goes with these games. And I think there's a perception that goes with these games within the camps of these particular teams. There is no way that you can miss the the kind of um, the, the the kind of energy, the kind the kind of build up, and 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 the kind of interest from from media, from fans, and from everyone who's an onlooker in, in, into like the EPL within the teams, within the camps of these teams. These players know what what's happening. As much as players come out after or before matches, like oh, it's like any other match, or we're looking to the next match, they're not. They're not. They're not looking past the big matches. They know when Manchester United are coming up. You know when the North London derby is coming up. You know when you're playing City and Pep Guardiola and trying to figure out that Rubik's cube. You know, mm. and for me, what I think then is 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 relevant with these with these with these matches or with these clashes between these big teams is the perception that those particular clubs walk away from that match thinking. If I take Arsenal for example, um, and I know it's not, it wasn't one of the traditional big, big, big six teams, but it has been those teams traditionally who have occupied that position. When Arsenal beat Leicester this past weekend, um, it is said that that was Arsenal's first win against a team that started in the top three that particular weekend since 2015. When Arsenal went away to Manchester United and won one 0 at Old Trafford, it was their first win against those traditional big six teams. Since also, if I if I'm not mistaken, 2015, mm. and what you have seen consistently in the period where Arsenal have not been doing well in those games is that they've not been doing well as 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 real title contenders. They've not been on the pace, and that has been reflected in those games. So, as much as I don't quite believe um it's 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 as important as the emphasis that is placed on them by fans and as I'm saying by 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 by, by media, those games are important for the players to gauge do they belong on the same field with with with, with the players of the quality of those other teams. Because you know, essentially this is this is what we're talking about. We always talk about this in terms of two teams matching up against each other. How many of those players can get into the other team, you know. Mm. Roy Keane was 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 on the broadcast <laughs> having a heated, <laughs> a heated. Yeah. yeah, they had a debate. You know, they had a disagreement, and Roy Keane was saying that most of the Tottenham players wouldn't get into in, in, into the Manchester United team, for example, or into into the Chelsea team. You know, mm. and Redknapp was was responding with the fact that an Alderweireld would would get into a Manchester United team, and that's the thing because what you are jostling for is who has. The best players who's got the best horses you know mm. if we are out there on like and this this is a war if this is a chess game who's who has like stronger pawns even though like pawns are equally matched up but you know what i'm saying you yeah. know who has the, the 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 better foot soldiers and i think this is something then that seeps into the camps of the different teams the players know you know you know but about your matchup like you look at the other guy on on, on the other side it's like i can take him i can take his spot in the in that team 
if needs be, you know. But if you get onto the field and 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 you get thrashed six or five or four or three, or you just get outplayed, and it doesn't seem as if you had any business being on the field with that team, I think that 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 affects your season. I think what what was key is what you're saying, the perception when you go into these into these games and the perception afterwards. Because the question is, with May United sitting sixth, was anyone expecting them to be first on this main table? I don't think so. Was anyone expecting them to be second? I don't think so. Everyone was thinking maybe third, fourth, sixth maybe, because they're the rock bottom is, is, is very low if you look at the kind of players that they have and the team that they have. But no one was really expecting them to dominate this, this mini league like City have, like Liverpool have in the past. So I think what it, what it, what it does tell us is, what 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 are the perceptions like with Arsenal being fourth, and they've got surprisingly one point more than Chelsea, that that could be maybe the little surprise. But to what extent? Because at the end of the day, Arsenal are struggling in real real time, real life league. Chelsea aren't really doing um, all that great either. So for me, the question is more. It's not not more with the fact to what's going wrong, but it's how is Oli setting up because all of these United games here are boring. Number one. Yeah. You can't watch any of them. And it's 80, 90% the same squad that goes and does the job against uh, whoever, an Aston Villa, a Leeds, or whatever. But when it comes to these big big clashes, it's, it's like a sparring match. No one wants to really go out there, overcommit in case they get hurt. I mean, the very same city that's ripping up the, the Premier League now, there's a dull, dull game against them. The very same team that, uh, well, not the very same team because now they've got a different manager. Under Lampard, Chelsea was struggling. We couldn't slay those those that team either. Um, Arsenal was was struggling against Arsenal was struggling with the Teta at that time, almost in the relegation zone. We couldn't slay that dragon either. And I think that's what the question would be: Do they go into these games afraid of what they might lose, or do they do they are they happy with the point? Do they are they actually aiming for a point? We don't know. That's 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 my question as opposed to why aren't they high up the league? My question is why do they go with such a negative mindset? And ultimately, <laughs> the reason I I'm I'm not a fan of um, Oli as the long term manager at Manchester United as as well as he's done this particular season, right? Mm. Is because I'm I'm not sure about his ambition in terms of truly getting Manchester United to being world beaters. You know, truly getting them on on the same level as Manchester City, truly getting them to a level where they can win the Champions League, the the Premier League as well. Because if I think about the Champions League, for example, with the right kind of mindset, there's no way Manchester United should be getting getting eliminated from the group stages when they started the way that they did. Similar thing where they had the the victory against PSG that gave him the job. There's no way you should look as 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 awful as average as you do in the next tie, you mm-hmm. know, and having heard him speak as well, like Oli is very big on getting close to getting close to, and this mm-hmm. season Manchester United, uh, no likelihood, um, are gonna finish second, you know, and it's gonna be very hard to argue against the job that he's done because when you look at the team that has finished first. It's gonna be it's gonna be said that they were just that much better than everyone, which is true. But that's not what you want to hear from from your manager. It's not what you want to hear from the manager of Manchester United, you know. And I think he's going into these matches with the same kind of perception because when you when you put aside the the Tottenham results and the Tottenham result, the first one, and Manchester United were down a man in that game, even though the defending was naive for the rest of the game, but they were down a man, you know. Yeah. And the games that have come afterwards, there's only the loss to Arsenal, and that was 
a penalty that Aubameyang converted in that game. Other than that, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna point out the fact that United as well may have not won those games, but they did not lose them as well. Yeah. They did not even concede a goal in those games, and well, he did not lose those games as a result. But I think. I think that is that is that that is a negative mindset because um, as I can recall right now, that Manchester City game against Liverpool when when Foden started up front and he was struggling in the first half, when Pep goes half time they come back and Foden is playing out on the right and they dismantle Liverpool. You know, yeah. that's that's what I want to see. I, I want to see I want to see a manager who's who's got some cojones, who's who's brave, who's actually trying to win the game, can I, play can to I win the game. With the, with the question, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, do you not think that's just down to the man that Oli is? Because I'm looking at Oli's career, Jay. Oli's, Oli was a super sub, basically. Regardless of what you want to say, p- putting it blunt, Oli was a super sub. Oli had good enough records, one of the fastest hat-tricks. Oli is scoring Champions League, winning goals. Over 100 goals for United. But Oli wasn't, was not pushing Roy, uh, sorry, Andy Cole or, or Dwight York for a place. Or Teddy Sheringham. And he was just there as a super sub. And what he did and what he gave, given the time that he got on the field, was good enough, but it wasn't elite. Do you think because of his experiences and, and what Man United was for him, getting close and using what he has is what he has already in his mind and he's not quite got the elite mentality? Do you think if Andy Cole's coaching, it sounds different, that half-time team talk, Pep Guardiola, that Oli's trying to replicate to get his team to, to be firing again? <laughs> We're putting on our... Um, couch psychologist has. Yeah, <laughs> that may be, you know, because when you think about the career of 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 Oli, and this might be a stretch, may might not yeah. be. When you think about his career, as you say, he was a super sub, and he was a super sub when Sheringham was there, when Andico and York were there in the starting lineup. When they moved on, and Rudvan Nosteroy came, he was still a super sub, and he never left. Yeah, right. And you would think that. Well, not you would think. I know for a fact, having watched him at Manchester United, he was good enough to be the leading man in like the second tier of teams in in, in the Premier in the Premier League. You know, he could have played next to Ellen Shearer for Newcastle for yeah. as ah, he would have started ahead of Shola Miyobi for a long time. <laughs> Come on, you know. So if he is, if he is that guy, if he's the guy who's just satisfied to go along for the ride. Um, let me not disrespect him and just say he was going along for the right Manchester United because it was an important part of Manchester United, but Manchester United was would have still been Manchester United without him, mm. if you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, if he's bringing that mindset, um, which it may look like he is, it's 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 not going to take Manchester United anywhere because for me that looks very much like the second half of Arsene Wenger's uh, tenure at Arsenal where. We're good enough to to, to, okay. to be in the top four. Good enough to finish second. You know, you finish second, that's a you can't really complain about that season. Mm. But when you look at where exactly in relation to the team that finished first are we, it's not very good. It's like when Mourinho finished second. It's like what, nineteen points yeah. between him and, and, and top of the log. Because I think the reason why I bring this question, Jay, is the fact that whenever you hear Oli speaking on the mic, you never get the sense that Oli was upset with the performance. Oli was upset with the result. 
You always say we're trying, we're getting close, I'm pleased with the boys. Even after we draw 1-1 against West Brom, I'm pleased with the effort. You should not be pleased because we just drop points. I mean, Oli would say things like uh, the players coming on, and like, Oli, we just drop points. It, it's, it's almost like we're not watching the same games, no, Oli. And you get frustrated with that. So that's why I'm thinking, is it down to his personality, his experiences at Man United? Because he, just like Arsene Wenger, the things that are not elite, the things which are not what we want as fans, they're okay with you. Like, we've never heard Oli rant, even his, his rants about Chelsea and people affecting the decisions of the referees. Sounded nice. He says the the comments on the website. That's not a nice thing to do. How's about you just go into them and say to Chelsea are putting the officials under pressure, and that's why I wouldn't get a penalty. How about you just straight out say that? I believe if if Udaiings Marshall misses chances, is like well done, boy. You'll get it next time. He's not gonna he's not gonna lay into anyone. And I believe with sometimes not with every player, not with every situation, but sometimes you just need to go out there, say whatever you say, whatever it sounds like, and however you get perceived. But just draw your line in the sand. And I believe Ali is just too nice for that. Yeah, don't worry about it, Curtis. Don't worry about it, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it does it does seem that that's what's going on. And time will tell, because uh, I suppose we'll have to wait for next season to see, does Manchester United improve in these games? Do they improve overall? Is there a a killer instinct that, that comes into into the team and you're just not happy with hey let's just not like lose for instance if we hired Ray Keane as, 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 as an assistant coach Ray Keane would take over the, the, the whole the whole thing Oli he would, would, he, would he would get yeah he would, and he would get <laughs> Oli fired he, he would be the de facto manager yep alright Chuck people who have yeah real yeah. person comments <laughs> <laughs> well Talking about controversial figures, um, if Oli is a man of few words, this man does not shy away from 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 speaking his mind and ironically would ask that others shouldn't. So Zlatan Ibrahimovic was quoted and was quoted by us as well, actually, this past week, um, the past week as saying that athletes should not use their positions to speak on politics that politicians should speak on politics and stick to politics, whereas athletes should stick to sport, you know. And then he went and he highlighted LeBron James specifically for mm-hmm. LeBron James's previous outspoken nature on, 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 on pretty much everything that goes on societally. And LeBron James responded, um, of course. What do you make of... The back and forth. What do you make of Zlatan's comments and then of LeBron's response? So Zlatan has got like a lot of famous quotes. Um, there's one where he said he came a legend, he left a god. There's one where he says, "LA, you're welcome." Um, there's one where he says you can't compare uh, humans to a lion. Uh, but this one, nah, this one it won't go down as one of his more favorable quotes. This one, I think, he really put his foot in his mouth. Uh, and I mean, I even read an article saying that he was tone deaf. I think it's a bit more than that. I think it was stupid. And I mean, I still need to go watch that interview, guys, because I want to know what question was asked for Zlatan to say those things, because it just went downhill from there. Because for him to say, if, you, if you're a man of status or if you come, become famous, don't go into politics. That is, as you had uh, uh, tweeted here, which it's a, it's, a, it's a shut up and dribble. It's a stay in your lane kind of comment, which in this day and age doesn't exist. Because we don't have a society where basketballers are just basketballers and singers are just singers. 
people live in communities, people live in society, politics do affect people. And as LeBron James said in his um, retort, Uguti, I lived in those communities, I experienced racism and disadvantage and lack. And one thing that he made clear that I, I think kudos to Bron for is that he said, I will not stop. Like regardless of what Zlatan says, what anyone says, whichever point or place or point of power that you're from, I won't stop doing good for my community because I know what it is like to be at the bottom. Now that I'm at the top, I I mean, one thing that's, that, that, that LeBron did that was quite good, he said, I know the position that I have. I know the influence that I have and I will use it for good. I know that my voice matters. And I think instead of Zlatan saying people should shut up and not go into politics, I think you should join the fight. I think because here's the thing, Jay, and I know... Here's, here's what I was thinking when I was reading that. Uguti. I know FIFA has a law that they say that say Uguti, countries shouldn't interfere with, with, with football. Sorry, yeah. governments shouldn't interfere government with shouldn't, football. Yeah. If there's an interference from the government, then those teams will be banned and so forth and whatnot. And the first thing that came to my mind is that Iraq and America will never share the same table. But they can play against each other sportingly. And there's no war, there's no talk of bombs, there's no talk of Trump or this or that or Hussein because it's a footballing matter. But when it comes to these, 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 these social issues, we're not, not talking about war, Jay. We're talking about social issues that affect you and me. Should I not speak out? I think LeBron got it. I mean, I think Zlatan got it wrong. I That's his Zlatan life. Got it, got it wrong. Yeah. Like, it's literally LeBron's life. It's his reality. It's his existence. I'm going to say this for the first time on the show. Um, I'm, I'm over Zlatan, bro. <laughs> like I'm over that. I've been over that for a while. I mean, this has actually been brewing within me for a little while. Like I am not entertained by his by his antics. I'm not entertained by his I am Zlatan persona. I'm not entertained by the things that he says about himself. And the reason for that, mm. if I'm if um I'm being quite honest, you know I'm a messy I'm a messy man over Ronaldo, right? Yeah. And part of the reason and for the longest time I I've said is 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 the perception that I get from Ronaldo in terms of being self involved. And I I came across I don't know if I I don't remember who said this but like I came across someone talking about the fact that when Ronaldo proclaims the exact same things as Latin does he is he's derided for it he's said to be pompous he's said to be to, to be self involved and 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 his ego is inflated and it's a bad look you know. But when Zlatan says it, it's entertainment and everyone laughs and everyone is quoting it and it's like, ha ha. Mm. And I was like, I, was, I thought about it myself. I was like, why? Because if I don't like it when, when, when Ronaldo says these things, then why should I tolerate it from, from Zlatan? And I don't actually. After, after, really, after really looking into it, I'm just like, I'm not a fan of it. Like, I really am over it. <laughs> like, I am I'm over Zlatan. Like. It's like, as I'm saying, it's like not entertained by his stuff anymore. And when he came out and he spoke about this, I was like, my goodness, there goes another Caucasian straight from the mountains of Caucasus <laughs> spewing a lot of ignoramus talk, you know? Because where, 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 where does he get off saying this about LeBron? He is well within his rights to say that this is what he thinks, you know? Yeah. Um, that he is someone who does, as, as a sporting figure, he is someone, and this is what he was saying, that he is the best at, at, at his sport and that is what he's talking about, that is what he wants to do, which is not entirely true, as LeBron James, who did his homework, <laughs> told us. Not the right one to mess with, yeah. And then, leave it at that. But then, he specifically pointed Bron out, and if you come at the king, <laughs> you best not miss, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
because he pointed him up specifically and that's where for me there was a problem because when you then when you go for LeBron James a prominent black man who when LeBron James speaks on 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 the things that affect society LeBron James is famous for for sp- one his Miami Heat team back in 20 I want to say 2012 when Trayvon Martin was shot they came out wearing hoodies With hoodies yeah right and then you've, you've you've seen them wearing in recent times t-shirts or with uh, Black Lives Matter. Recently, the Lakers are, are wearing shirts I think that have on them built by Black History. And they um, also were in the "I Can't Breathe" slogan at some point. Exactly. Yeah. These are people who lost their lives. These are people who lost their lives that look like LeBron James. These are people who lost their lives that could be LeBron James's family, his friends, his neighbors, right? Mm. LeBron James has a platform. This is something that has affected people who look like LeBron James for a long time. LeBron James, though now he is close to being a billionaire and is this world-famous athlete, this was not always the case. As he likes to say, he is the kid from Akron. And he is from a he is from a background of not not much money. He's from a background where these things that he's speaking against are a reality. Right, mm-hmm. so if he chooses to highlight those things, LeBron James is well within his rights to do so. LeBron James is also then the man who now, at the status that he's at, he started a school, and he started a school because he's motivated by the fact that okay, let me not be the only person who gets out the hood, as 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 Kendrick says in Black Boy Fly. Black Boy Fly, that the only two ways that you realistically you 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 can see getting out the hood is either through basketball if you're a baller or you are on the mic right yeah and not everyone is talented enough to get out the hood that way like some of these kids are scientists some of them are lawyers in the making and lebron james started a school for such kids so when and and that is politics because politics does cover literally our whole our our whole interaction with society on every level and that is what LeBron James is speaking about. Not only is he speaking about that, but he is actually it, like engaging with it on a real level that affects real people's lives. So for Zlatan to come out and say that he should shut up and dribble, which I'm going to come back to, is ignorant. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hella ignorant. Like, I, I keep saying, I need, I need to watch that interview in one or two. Why would you even make that comment? And why go at Braun specifically? I mean... There's so many other people that you could have aimed. There's so many people who've taken a stance of, or made their voice heard. Why go at Braun? And I mean, it's privilege again, Jay. Privilege will say a lot of things when privilege does not understand a lot of things that are going on around it. And look, first and foremost, let's give credit to LeBron Wade because it's you. He's done a lot for black people. and a lot for black lives. And like I said, he didn't shy away from it. And I mean, I was watching, a, like I said, a sports show where some of the, the presenters even felt his response was not strong enough. He, sh- they, he should have cursed at him from here to, to the moon to make sure he gets the point. But I mean, I think one, it's uncalled for. Um, two, the timing is bad. I mean, not, not in America, not about American people with the police brutality, with Trump recently, their president and all the stuff that was going on. Not, not with the building of the wall, not with the gun laws, not with all these things that are happening. You should tell someone who's in a pr- prominent position of power who has good, let me highlight, good influence to shut up and not go into it. I mean, Jay, what would we be, for instance, if uh, Steve Pico didn't speak out? No, when are you just there, uh, this just don't speak out. Where would we be if, I mean, there are so many voices. Because we're supposed to engage with politics. Yeah, I mean, it, it, so the question is, yeah, if, if, if Brown is going to keep quiet, who must speak? 
That's the question. Kulme ba nige? Is he gonna? Because the question is, is if if here's the thing, Jay, and I know I'm tangling my words. Here's the thing: if Trump is not saying it, who's the president? If the vice president is not saying it, if the if 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 the mayor is not saying it, should then no one say it? Pretty much, as Latin saying. We need to speak. We need to have a voice. And if LeBron, here's the thing: LeBron is not piggy banking on any movement. LeBron is is making his own stand. That's why he made his own choice to make to open a school. That's why he made his own choice to help people in his neighborhood. So Zlatan, I got this one wrong, boy. I by a country man. <laughs> Zlatan <a> <laughs> is is <laughs> as LeBron James when he was responding to this um, at when he when he gets to to the end of his response <laughs> as we watch the video. He points out the fact that Zlatan is the same man who came out and said that he is a victim of undercover racism in Sweden mm. because he says he doesn't get the due respect or the media doesn't defend him as well as, as, as much as they would if he had a traditional Swedish surname. Yep. And because he is Ibrahimovic, they don't Croatia. quite accept yeah. him as a Swede. You know? And he came out and he said this. He yeah. came out and he said this. Is he not speaking on politics when he says that? And on, on, on the matter of shut up and dribble. So, and we've said this a couple of times. We've, we've made the statement a couple of times um, on, on our podcast. So where this comes from is from the fact that LeBron James sat down in an interview back in 2018, I believe. And this was often an incident where his LA home was spray painted by we don't know who and what was, what was, what was left on his house was the n-word hmm. right and again this is this is this is a multi-millionaire black man but he is still considered an n-word so in in that interview he was speaking about and i was speaking about his family and he was he was he was speaking um about donald trump as well and then a a a, a white lady a reporter who falls more on the side of the republicans came out and said in response to the interview that lebron gave when he spoke about Donald Trump and what is happening in the country, that LeBron James is paid to dribble a basketball, so he should just shut up and dribble. And that's when Bron came out and says, like, no, I'm not going to do that. So when he then also says that he is not the one to mm. come at, that is what Same he's referring before. to, as as well as the fact that um, LeBron, LeBron hears everything, he knows everything, and he will do his research. And he did his research and pretty much called us Latin as, uh, as, 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 as a hypocrite for then coming out and say, saying that it was tone deaf at, at, at the least. Yeah. It was way ignorant at best. If we don't say anything, Karens will run the world. And we won't want that. Yeah, well, Zlatan was out here acting like a Karen. Mr. In the words Karen. of Sister Soldier, an injustice anywhere. Is an injustice. Anyway, <laughs> before we move on, actually, yeah. on the last point of me being over this Latin thing, shout out to Big Rom, who when he when he <laughs> when he scored his goal against AC Milan, and of which I'm a fan of AC Milan, was was <laughs> was shouting stuff at at as Latin payback for the incident that they had in the previous clash. So, yeah, yeah, no, actually, and it doesn't get better because. Uh, we go now into the Chinese Super League. Remember that league um, that was signing all the big stars, Alexander Pato, Tevez, Lavezzi, Hulk, Oscar, where everyone was going to get money, Ramirez. You know you know that, that one player that you always thought was good and they suddenly disappeared? Chances are they went to the Chinese Super League. But there's a problem now with the Chinese Super League. 
clubs are falling. And this particular club that has fallen is Jiangsu FC. Now, Jiangsu FC are the champions of the Chinese Super League um, and the FC's operation. As in Uti, nobody's playing football. If Valley we show up, Valley Stadium, Valley Training Ground, the club is no more. Now, here's the thing, Jay. Not only them, there's another uh, um, Chinese team, e, Tangent Tigers, who are on the verge of collapse, so I hear. They're going to follow suit Ngasiktal. Before then, there was another club who seized the operation in May of 2020, last year. So the question is, Jay, because let me, let me, let me rather say this. There's been a salary cap. Um, clubs are, are falling. There's, there's been a, a banning of, of corporate sponsorships in terms of the, the titles of the teams. Players were, pay, were getting paid by the bucket loads. And our teams, I have a lot. And I know the president had, had tried to say, by year 20, 2050, we want to be competitive at the World Cup. And they, they got the Super League running so they can get players in. Obviously, big names as well to try and improve the, 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 the level of, of this league. But I don't think this is working, Jay. So my question to you is, do you think they went about this in the wrong way? Or was it just a matter of coincidence? Because Corona hit the world, though. Corona hit the world hard. It did, yeah. And that's part of the reasons why most of these clubs are closing. But do you think what they did was sustainable? About 500 pounds a week to Tevez, 500 pounds a week to Oscar, whoever. Do you think it was sustainable in the end? No, because, because the model was heavily dependent on individual benefactors. Right. Mm. In in the short term it worked out it worked out for the players in the yeah, short term. No, Shout no, out to no, everyone no. who decided that you know what, what I wanna do with this career that is not going to last maybe not past the age of thirty five or so is to try make the most I can from this and as Oscar said to secure um not only his livelihood but the livelihood of generations to come. Oscar who is someone who comes from poverty, you mm. know, and his whole mindset was just that, you know what, it's great to play in Europe, it's, it's, it's great to have the legacy, but if you're not going to end up as one of the greatest players of all time, might as well go make one of the most, like, <laughs> go sign one of the most lucra- lucrative deals of all time. Yeah. Make that money and then see what becomes of your life, you know. So I don't think it was sustainable for, for, for the league itself, um, and I think part of the reason that they took that on was to raise the profile because if you if you pump a lot of money like it, it raises it raises the profile of the league as I'm saying because as you say the players have disappeared and people did not know where these guys um, have disappeared to but if you followed the trail you would have found out that oh they they in China and I think the thinking behind that was that the fans and 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 and, and media interest would migrate with these guys, mm. you know, because it's it's a unique thing that is happening. Uh, there's something that's happening that is probably shaking up the way th- the order of, of, of football as it is currently, and you want to go see what is happening. But that did not quite happen. Um, yeah. And I think part of the reason is because China does feel very closed off to the rest of the world, you know, and it... it, it it's it was an ambitious attempt to do so and if there is a nation of people who could have pulled it off it is china but the chinese can't do it it can't be done because china are the same same nation who came into they got the the rise to the beijing olympics and they were on a mission to do 
well, better than they'd ever done at any Olympics. And they came second mm. on, 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 on the medal table behind America, who always comes first, you know. But this didn't quite work out. Um, and the reason I think long-term it was not sustainable is because when I look at look at the Premier League, because the Premier League, um, they are the ones who have who set the bar. That's what everyone is trying to achieve. The thing with the Premier League is there is a history locally with, with those teams. Mm. That is a history that some way, somehow, has been transferred to the fans of those teams all over the world. You know, I mean, you as a Manchester United fan, you hear Manchester City and you feel some type of way. You hear Liverpool, you feel some type of way. I, as an, as an Arsenal fan, the North London Derby is a thing. And mm. listen to that, North London Derby. No I don't even know Africa. where North London is situated. I just know that there's London. It's like, okay, the north of it is North London. And I don't know the the actual crux of, of the rivalry. But even some of those rivalries, you, you've heard the stories, you know. Mm. It's the working class against against the upper echelon or or, or things of that nature and that's 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 the that's what has bred um the rivalries and things like that so you you adopt the colors of the team so in the absence of that story taking root in people's minds and hearts and capturing people's imaginations it was it was it was not going to go beyond what it was because again the last thing I'd compare it to is the IPL the IPL had has a a similar a similar mold in terms of it's it's just re- these rich Indian guys who have started these teams. But the difference is there is already the infrastructure in in India of one, yeah. cricket being a religion. You know, definitely is. Yeah, I mean when you when you look at those every IPL game, regardless of who's playing, is packed. <laughs> That's one thing you can guarantee with the IPL. And when you contrast that with the Chinese Super League. They were at like 50% capacity at their stadiums, like since the inception in, tw- in 2014, 2004. Let me get my notes <laughs> to get this correct. Like since the inception of the league, I can't find these notes. Mara, Italy Super League, man, 2004. <laughs> the Chinese didn't quite warm up to it. And so you got people pumping money into the teams to get the big names, but the crowds aren't there. The funding is not quite stable because there's these there's stories about this team pulling out and this team coming in and people getting lucrative sums of money that they're not getting anywhere else because no one can sustain that money. I mean, a couple of weeks back, we're talking about Messi's salary. It was crazy to us. But to the Super League, it's, it's one of these guys gets this amount of money and it's okay, you know? Yeah. And to see what it was not very, very sustainable... Nay, say wheel. So, I also think Jay wasn't the right way to go about it, man. I think it's ambitious to say by 2050 you want to compete with the big nations of the World Cup. Try try something more localized in terms of growing the game and not, not reach out to these stars. Because at the end of the day, what does Pato, what does Tevez give back to the league? I know it's a big profile and maybe if Persitao joins the Chinese Super League, his followers will migrate there, as has. But at the end of the day, what do the Chinese people get from it? You know what I would have thought, um, similar to the MLS, uh, that when you when you bring big stars, you create the buzz from then the youngsters, mm. and those 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 young fans might want to rub shoulders with those guys, and they might have a an interest in football. Because I mean, in China, we're joking about this. Like in China, the 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 thing that you know that they're good at us obscure sports like diving, mm. you know, or <laughs> Or badminton or table tennis. You know, these guys or or gymnastics, 
sports that you see at the Olympics, basically, you know, once every four years. But it's strange that um, as as crazy as they are about about the English Prem, which is why you see the English Prem. I mean, this is this is one of the things that we found out in terms of why games go as late as they do is so that they can coincide with a particular sweet spot in terms of the time zones in in Asia. You yeah. know, so they they th- that is a market that they are very they're very serious about catering to. So. If you are if you're in China or you are the powers that be that govern football in China, you think to yourself, okay, if there is such a passion for football in the form of the EPL, can we not bottle that and localize it and and and, and produce the product ourselves? Because as we have seen underneath, so many products in the world made in China is a thing. So if there is something that 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 popular something that is that is loved on that level why not us why not us be the people who produce it first and foremost for our own market because like china is a market of over a billion people so even if you just get big in it locally that's a big deal you know and they did get the billionaires to to pump money into it um i mean it worked at chelsea it worked at manchester city it's working at psg but Again, the only issue is that while it worked at Chelsea and at City, Chelsea and City were coming into an environment that was established and that was better equipped to absorb them versus a league that does not have a pedigree, you know. But you have you have to start somewhere. You have to try something. And where yeah. they are now, and I think where the league is trying to mature to, is to be self-sustaining, which is why they've introduced the salary cap that, you can't keep paying guys as much as you are. I mean, an Oscar under the new under, under the new rules would actually take an eighty six percent pay cut, which is probably not going to happen. And That's you're probably so going to start seeing most of the stars migrating. And perhaps that was also what they were thinking that at this point we would like for it to be built on the back of local lads mm-hmm. versus um, the the hired help, if I would call it that. Um, the hide guns, rather, sorry, from 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 overseas countries, pay them all this money. They're probably not really interested in 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 the game itself, other than the pay package. Now they can all ship off and go wherever that they would have been originally without the money, because they were not drawn to the league by the league itself. They were drawn by the money. So if you remove the money and then spread it around a little more with um, local players, maybe the league does grow. We'll see what they look like in 2050. So, at the end of the week, not the, at the end of the day, because there's still teams that are active, it looks like a made-in-China kind of situation. That looks like the real thing. Not quite the real thing. Will work. Only for a while. <laughs> so, I mean, but kudos to them. But here's the other worry. The very same team, Le Engite Ivaliwe, is owned by the people who own Inter Milan. Now, Inter Milan also acted like one of the Chinese teams where they bought Sanchez, they bought Lukaku, they bought Ericsson, they bought all these names that you could think of. Do you think that they're at risk now as well? No. Um, the reason for that is because that pedigree that history I speak about, uh, Serie A is established, Inter Milan um, are, are established, and Inter Milan look like they look like the favorites for the Serie A title this season. So, even if the these guys pull out, um, I don't think there will be a an issue with replacing them. Although I say that AC Milan were owned by a group from China as well. 
and they defaulted on their payment uh, from the company from which they loaned money to buy AC Milan. And that holding company now owns AC Milan. And the reason they probably still own AC Milan is because AC Milan um, have had a turnaround in recent times, but they did not intend to own the club. So we'll actually see what happens at AC Milan. And the thing with Sierra as well is there's not as much money in Serie A as there was before. But I still do think Inter Milan will go largely unaffected. If anything, they might be put up for sale. Um, and I do think they'll find a buyer if that happens. I keep saying two weeks in a row, get Ivan Koza into these leagues. Civil ratings, the Iron Duke. Um, so, Jay, at the end of the day, I think we need to hear from the listeners. So do you think Man United being at the bottom of this mini league does that mean anything? I don't. I don't know what you'd say on t- on Twitter. What you'd say to comment um, wherever you find wherever you find us, wherever you'd reach us. But I don't. And as well, do you think Jay Guti LeBron needs to apologize to Zlatan? No, no. Do you think Zlatan needs to apologize to LeBron? I do think he does, but I don't think he will because he doubled down on his comments saying that sport unites and politics divides and basically saying that LeBron James's comments just keep dividing people. And the kind of people who think like that, it's like, yeah, I've heard enough from them. So I don't even want to hear an apology from Zlatan. Carry on, mate. All right, guys, catch us on Spotify, on Iono, and on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter at Two Upfront Pod and on Instagram on the same handle. I am on Twitter. We are still working on Chuck getting on Twitter at the moment. My Twitter handle is Emperor underscore J10. That may or may not change. And this is Two Up Front. This has been Two Up Front. I'm Jay and I'm Audi. This is Chuck and I'm out.